Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the weekly CCC podcast. We're Jason. Hey, everybody's here. Oh, that's right. No, everybody's not here. Uh, Jason uh, might be joining us uh, shortly. Uh, he, he's so running we a delayed. little bit. He, uh, he had some things he had to do today, and he uh, told us he would be here. Uh, we, were, we waited a little bit, and then we decided, you know, we could either break all of this down. We could wait a little longer. And then we said, we could just roll. And if he comes in, y'all are going to see him walk in right there. We're going to let that happen because we're looking out at the parking lot right here now. We can, we'll see it. We can see when he and, shows uh, up. And our trusty friend, Joel, will just tell him, hey, come and go sit down and we'll go from there. Yeah, Correct, Joel? You will do that, right? I'll do that. Okay. Good. Thank you, Joel. We got Joel. So, yeah. So this is a little more like the Wild West without Jason Duranus in. <laughs> this may not, be, may not be better for anybody. But we are committed to getting you weekly content We knew this how much... Our loyal super fans. Yeah, the I don't super know who they fans are. We sh- out there. I don't actually know if we have any super fans. Oh, we got super fans. <laughs> okay. We got super fans. But. Anyway, we I I didn't sit over there. It doesn't feel right thinking Jason might come and I would have to move. So I just stayed where I'm supposed to be. Because our biggest commitment is Ed not having to move. That is the biggest <laughs> commitment. Hey, I we did have. move last week. People, that is true. Super fans know that I was in Jason's chair That's last true. week and. It was a whole other thing. Uh, by the way, we appreciated some of the comments y'all gave last week. People apparently like Joel. What? I did not hear <laughs> these comments. What? I don't know who that was from. All I, from. I should not say people. We had a comment that liked Joel. Okay. Was that was might have been Joel's family. Joel's family <laughs> no, might have commented. It was not. In. No. Okay. This this and this was not a person with one of those YouTube handles. You don't know who they are. This was a plain oh, language. Okay. All right. Person. Well, good. Well, good. We like Joel too. I yeah, guess we, we so. Do. But if you haven't yet, you could be the greatest uh, CCC Weekly Podcast uh, super fan by one coming up with a better name than that and two by being our thousandth subscriber we are one away one away we are one, one of away. you could be the thousandth one we had on the notes here it said two but i noticed just a moment ago that melanie sewell melanie sewell hey, became 999 she was 999 thanks melanie. so we know which is next to a thousand if those of you that can't count that high <laughs> I was gonna figure out where we were going with that i'm from mississippi and i just like to remind people how math goes okay good <laughs> very good so yes be our thousand subscriber hey and even if we've already had a thousand go ahead and subscribe anyway uh so you can stay up to date with all the content we have going on around here like the good uh questions and sermon discussion and such that we're going to get into right now yeah we were going to talk about uh other and these are notes jason gives us notes by the way because he is the co that keeps everything on track, but we can't talk about some of He's that. He's the glue that holds because us Because there, uh, there was stuff that involved him, and I don't know his answers to that, so we're going to let that go True. about his vacation and all that. Such, so yes. We're not going to do that two weeks from now if he misses this whole podcast. We're just right. going to act like it didn't exist. That could be our fun discussion at the end, maybe. <laughs> all right. So uh, here's a listener question that we got. I'm just going to read it off here out of Jason's notes. I believe the devil could be very cunning and convincing when he's trying to lead us astray. I agree with that. Good good start. Any suggestions for how we can know if it's God or the devil speaking to us? One, I don't know if you could hear that thunder through the microphones, but that might, I don't know who that was, but that was not good. So yeah, That was National Weather Service. Oh, okay. I don't know, I don't know who, who made that happen. Yeah, so. All right, so how do I know the difference between God and Satan's maybe voice or promptings or things of that nature. So, okay, very good. What, so I think I would start with one, if it contradicts something in the Bible directly sure. or a principle taught in the Bible, uh, it ain't 
God. Yes. And so that's why when you see the temptation of Jesus, even though the devil uses scripture, you'll note if you ever go look at those, he misquotes every one of them. Sure, right. So Jesus really knew scripture, and he answered back with other scripture that was the exact answer even to the misquote. So that'd be the first thing. You have yeah. a second? You want me to continue to go? Or? Um, well, you go ahead and go. I've got I got. Okay. I would say then if there's not a direct, like you don't know a principle, either it's a direct quotation or it's a principle taught in Scripture, then the third thing I would say is could you imagine Jesus mm-hmm. doing what you just felt led, tempted to do? Mm-hmm. That would be number three for me. And then number four, this is always for me, is is this something that is for is it something that is mainly for my benefit or will it benefit others is mm-hmm. it loving god and loving people if mm-hmm. it does it match up to me for the good of other people yeah i think that and i think that's it even it's, it's wordier than just saying love but when you kind of define love in that way of that it's for someone else's benefit um and it's for their good because it may not necessarily be something they want to have happen or want to hear, but you know, in the end, this is for your, your good. Um, that makes it more clear because I think often in, in really our world, love has been so co-opted, uh, to mean lots of different things. And even, I would even say Jesus, and you talked about this either this week, I think it was this week of everyone kind of hijacks Jesus a little bit. Mm. And even in our own, um, just in our own culture, people who wouldn't even call themselves Jesus followers, there's this kind of picture of Jesus that exists that is not the full picture of Jesus. And so sometimes you think, well, I can't imagine Jesus saying that to somebody. But then when you actually get to know Jesus, you go, no, Jesus did say that because that would have been the truth. And that was the thing they need to hear. So yeah, I I think that for the good of others is important. I think that, yeah, I thought, I think what you were saying about everybody hijacks Jesus, I hadn't thought about it that way, but I think we even have a tendency to do mm-hmm. that. If we're not careful, we caricature Jesus as being a really soft version of even Mr. Rogers. And Fred right. Rogers was a wonderful man, but even when, and I think a very godly man from what I have gathered, didn't know him personally. But when you hear the full story of Mr. Rogers uh, and how he interacted with people personally, it wasn't the childlike kind of everything's mm-hmm. kind of, he, he he was challenging to people sure. and challenged the norm on thing. And Jesus definitely was that. I think most of us hijack Jesus into this super sweet, doesn't want anybody's feelings to ever be hurt. And right. so if I ever have to challenge anybody, that probably is the devil. Right. Yes. Yeah. Kind of uh, a, a nice version of love, which is, uh, you know, are, are, I think culturally and maybe even certain personalities very much feel like love and nice are the same things. Like I'm having mm. those conversations with my daughters now that there's a difference between loving someone and being nice to someone. And sometimes you have to not be nice to someone to, to love them. That niceness has this, there's a sheen and a shine and this veneer of uh, making everything feel comfortable and, and, and nice and good. And, you know, even kind of in our cultural conversations, I hear that around conversations about justice and um, and in racial justice and stuff. Most of us want to get to this nice level that we're all just together on this, but nobody wanting to go necessarily through the hard work of let's have the tough conversations and do the things that there might be 
you know, you can't fully come together when there's been some injustice without someone admitting they're wrong. And that's love. Love requires me to move into the uncomfortable conversation right. and the thing that may not be nice to have, but is loving because it's for the good of and myself. It's not just not for, you know, anything that is truly good for others is also good for myself. Even if it costs me a little, there's there's a good for me. Um, the other thing I'd say just real briefly on um, whether you can tell whether it's God's voice or Satan or something like that is two things. One, run it by somebody. Oh, yeah. Uh, and somebody you trust that is uh, a disciple of Jesus, that you, you, you look at their life and you see elements of the fruit of the Spirit or Jesus' character or something like that, that you have somebody who is wise that you can trust and say, hey, this is, I'm, I'm hearing this either about myself or I'm hearing it about, you know, I'm hearing this, these thoughts about myself or something I should do, run that by um, someone else. But the other thing I think is the more that you can begin to obey the word of God when you know it's God speaking. Like, I don't think it's often the case where I have not experienced much in my life where I am questioning, is this God or the devil? There are times it's clear to me this is God and I don't do it. And there is a level of... Um, I, I, so I'll explain it like I explained to my children the other day. There's, you know, Jesus uh, says at one point in the Bible that I stand at the door and I knock. And he's talking about being being there. He's calling us to do things. And so I've, I tried to talk to them about, you know, sometimes you'll feel Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. And every good Sunday school teacher's had something, you know, he's knocking at the door of your heart. And I said, but there come times Jesus never stops knocking or never stops that. But it's like we start putting more doors that every time Jesus knocks and I don't open the door, I put another door between me and Jesus and suddenly I can't hear the knocking as well. And so the voice of God, I believe, is speaking to us. But if I can't pull myself back enough and begin to recognize his voice, like, and so this is really tangential, I'll try and make it quick, but I know a lot of people who, um, I actually know someone personally who got caught by one of those scams um, that somebody called them on the phone and said, like, we, we uh, this is your, you know, your daughter oh, yeah, calling yeah, yeah. and they're yeah, in I do too. prison or something like that. And this person was able to understand, even though because of what it sounded, it sounded like the daughter was in the background, all that kind of stuff. They were able to tell by the, the things they said about the daughter. They go, that's not my daughter's voice. I know that. That is the case with God. I don't, it's not a literal voice I'm hearing, but I know the tone of God's voice in my life. I know that not just the words, like you said, true one, I have to know the words he said in the Bible, but there are things God says to me that don't contradict the Bible, no. but they're not words in the Bible, but it's the same tone and it's the same speech. And I know, and always those are words of love. They're almost always words of affirmation. Very rarely do I have words from, even words that he's trying to correct me. The words are never, you screw up, you messed it up. How could, that is almost, that is always Satan coming to me saying, you're a failure. You can't ever get it right. And you're talking about this in a couple weeks. I'm trying to, because we film out in a couple weeks. You know, like when Jesus says, ye of little faith, I have lots of those conversations with me and God oh, where yeah. he's like, hey, you messed that up, but you know you could have done better. And I believe often that's where Satan starts in his temptation with us. It's not he goes, hey, go murder that guy. Like it's not the the horrible sin that you know. It's starting with you questioning yourself or questioning God. It's you going, I'm unlovable. No one could ever love me because of the things I've done, or there's something inherently wrong about me, or God can't be trusted, right? That's the original temptation is you can't trust God. Those are never the voice of God. And always God's voice is you can trust me, but to me is I love you. 
I care about you. I, I believe you can follow me and you can do all the things you're called to do. So those were, those were kind of my things. But I think, I think in all of this, it is incredibly important to be able to know and recognize the voice of God and know because he does speak through the Bible, through other people. And sometimes he just speaks to you and it's important to be able to know the difference. Yeah. And I'll just, I'm going to just stop at that point uh, by saying this, maybe the last one, if you're really, if this is a question where you're really struggling with, do I know it's God or the devil? The last thing he said is one of the most important, which is you need to run it by somebody mm-hmm. who you are pretty sure does know the voice of God mm-hmm. and they care more. I always say to people, they need to care more about the voice of God than they do about your feelings. That's good. They need to love you, but love God more than they want to make you feel okay. So that's who I would run it past and you'll probably be all right. So that's where we are on that. And I do think, and I said this in the message Sunday, I think, I think we miss a lot of what God says. God's prompting us, and we mm-hmm. we just walk past it because we don't want to do it. Yes. We just don't want to do it. So uh, anyway, so here's the second one. This is a second question, and I don't know if this is a listener question or one that Jason has for us that has come for somebody else. Uh, that was Jason, by the way, just texting me right there saying that he'll be here in five. So All right, so we're going to y'all, y'all put, y'all put that timer on Jason right now and see if he is, in I'm fact, I'm here in right fi- at five. Anyway, he said, I know the ten, here's the question. I know the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not kill. It actually says, thou shalt not murder, by the way. Kill is the way mm-hmm. it's King James, but the actual command is you should not murder. Mm-hmm. And Jesus told us to love our enemies and turn the other cheek. But what about using violence to defend yourself or someone you love? Mm-hmm. It's a really good question. It is a good question. Yeah. So, so I, I'll just I'll, I'll say this to you. That question that I know of, and I'm sure I, uh, we, elders listen to this podcast, they will probably tell me if I'm <laughs> wrong, uh, one particularly. I don't know of a particular place in the Bible that talks about self-defense. Mm-hmm. The ones that come to my mind probably aren't what this person wants to hear, and they're not directly, but Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, if somebody hits you in, on mm-hmm. the one cheek, you turn the other one. He says, uh, you shouldn't resist an evil one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But let me just say, I haven't been in that position in a long time. Every time I was ever in a position, I have... This is not a prideful statement in any way. It's a lot of shame for me. I've been in a lot of fights in my life, physical fights in my life, a long time ago, thankfully. (laughs) Uh, I remember what that feels like. Almost every time I was defending myself, I was almost always in a place I should not have been to begin with. Sure. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not saying I've never been in a place where somebody broke in my house, held somebody captive, all those scenarios that we create. I haven't been in that. And honestly, I'm 60 years old. I've only known one person in my whole life that has been in that scenario. So I can't answer from a place of experience. The Bible doesn't expressly say it. For me, then, I go back to where I go on everything. If, if I take it and put it in the, in the language of love and my call to love and where do I see Jesus I can't see Jesus defending himself at the cost of another person's life. Right. But 
I'm not saying that is some absolute kind of law. I just, when I put him in that place, mm-hmm. I cannot see him. And the one place when somebody tried to defend him with a weapon, we know he corrected Peter when Peter right. picked up a sword to defend Jesus. Right. Uh, so I'm not saying that's wrong. I, I, again, I've already said I don't know what the, that there is a verse particularly on it. Well, and I think it's it's kind of central to almost what we talked about in the last part of listening to Jesus, listening to God. I think, um, I don't remember how the 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 question exactly phrased it, but you know, if the question is, is it okay in self defense? I think that's not even the right way to kind of view a situation like that, because like you said. Uh, I've never been in a situation like that. I think probably most people watching have not been in that situation or not been in it more than once. And so this is Jesus. Outside of army, police officers, sure, those right. kind of things. I sure. set those over to the side. Right, yes. I think I think Jesus' commands, as you said, are not directed right at this situation. And I think what you have to be able to do is when Jesus talks about things like anger and love for enemies, is he's trying to form us into the kind of people that exhibit this love for others in every situation that I'm in, so that in those when I'm in that situation, I can know what the right thing to do is based on the situation that I'm in. And he's not giving these blanket legalistic statements about what I do ahead of time. So so I think to 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 answer the question of uh, as far as what you do, I agree with your point of of Jesus when he talks about love for enemies as we said before it's I'm willing the good of this other person. And so certainly there's levels that I can um protect myself and protect others that don't necessarily do violence or that um, don't kill the other person. Right. I think it does depend on your definition of violence. Are there ways that I can use force to subdue this person or things of that nature? So let's let's do the analogy, and I'll let you run it through. But you and I, just before we actually started taping, while we were talking this through, mm-hmm. thinking Jason would be here, that, uh, by the way, there he is, driving right up, right Jason's there. Jason's coming in. Jason's uh, coming in. So uh, we talked about the analogy that we had heard someone use before of my son— attacks my wife right and now i'm in a position where the attacker is hurting somebody i love but it is also somebody Somebody i love love. which is the position as a follower of jesus i should be i love everyone always so now Mm -hmm. both people are people i love run that through the way you and i talked about it right i think i think the way you set up is exactly the right way that what jesus is trying to bring us into and change our hearts into is people who see all people with a clear-eyed view of love, and I do think the best analogy for that is children, that people who who are parents, un, I, I think all of us can agree with this, when I became a parent, I did understand love a little more clearly because you are one-sided for the good of this person. My child, at some point, I hope they are for my good as well, but even, I mean, I've got four, five six, eight-year-old, none of them are really for my good very much. Well, and I'll be honest, I, even, I mean, you and I, are, mm-hmm. I'm your dad, that I have, I heard a person say before I was a parent, and it rang true to me then, and it still rings true, rings true, your children will never love you the same way you love them, and you really don't want them to. Right. Because they could never leave you, because mm-hmm. I could never willingly walk away when you needed me. But I need my kids to grow up, be independent, right. be able to 
as the Bible says, choose a spouse and leave their mom and dad. Mm -hmm. I need that to happen. That's a good parenting thing for them to be able to leave me. And so all that Jesus commands about us loving other people and and doing that are leading us to have this perspective with everyone. So the way that he, the person I heard talk about it is that you get yourself into a situation where uh, imagine it as if your son somehow was mentally ill. Come on in, Jason. Jason, you can come on in. We already already started. Jason's here. We gave them the five-minute clock when the text went off. And so, as, as you were walking in the door, my father. Yeah, I told them you're driving up just a second ago. So there he is. Yeah, we, we saw. We saw yeah. Jason. They've been looking. So. They've been looking for you. I don't know how close. They'll let us know how close you were to five minutes. Uh, so. Well, that's all about the traffic, you know. And well, it's all well, about when I got the text yes. and all True. of that I, I kind of. I was guessing. I, well, we got I don't know. Guessing. We, got we were talking guessing. the whole time, so time flies by really fast when we were talking. We didn't really right. know how time right. it was. So keep going. The great, inter- thing, the great you. thing is on YouTube, there's a counter. We will know for sure. We'll know. We'll know. So right. go ahead. We were in the midst of answering the second question that About, you had About uh, uh, self-defense in particular. And oh, so okay, yeah. The example that I had heard that I thought was really good was if you imagine your adult son has somehow become mentally ill or something and attacks your wife, you're in this situation where you love the attacker and you love the person you're trying to protect. Hmm. You're, you don't enter into this state of it's you or me. I which don't is, immediately think I need to pull a bullet in his head. I think I need to stop him from harming the person I love, but I also love the person I need to stop. Right. That I enter myself hmm. into a situation of if I am full fully for both people in the situation, how would I interact in that situation? And so there is no necessarily, I would never say to anyone who was in that situation, is there a right or wrong way to do this? But that mentality that I get into is a better mentality. Jesus is never drawing us into a you or me situation. Mm -hmm. That that's, that's never the division Jesus is setting up for anybody. And so if I can get myself into a position where my heart and my mind are set towards Full love for everyone, as we were saying earlier, I get myself into a, when I'm in that situation, I will know what the loving thing to do is. I will know what the wise thing to do is because my heart has been transformed, and it's not a legalism where I go, well, he's, he, he legal, uh, legally I have to turn the other cheek. Mm. I'm in a situation where I know Yeah, because sometimes, response. honestly, because there's a good point. We already said, Jason, and I'm okay for give you a moment while I answer this part yep. about turn the other cheek. I don't think there is a place that addresses self-defense in the Bible outside of turn the other cheek, right. don't resist the evil one. Mm-hmm. I don't know a thus saith the Lord, if mm-hmm. somebody comes at you with harmful force, mm-hmm. you may resist them with mm-hmm. harmful force. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. So we're going at the angle of what I... So anyway, you think about that. If you have one, you can let me know. Yeah. Uh, um, the turn the other cheek thing can't actually be unloving mm. in situations where yes. I just continually become codependent sure. on a person. Yes. I'm in a situation where they do evil to me, and I just allow it to continue, to continue, to continue. It's not loving at some mm-hmm. point. I right. do need to stop that from happening for their good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are becoming less of the person they could be by feeling they can harm me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. And in that particular quote, we often just say, turn the other cheek, and we think we know what it means. But, you know, Jesus in that gives real-world examples where he says, if a, if a man takes his right hand and slaps you on your right cheek, the only way to slap someone with your right hand on the right cheek is a backhand across the face. Right. And he's referring to what Roman 
soldiers were yeah. legally allowed to do, which was a demeaning, mm-hmm. dehumanizing, and also, I think important to mention, state-sanctioned violence yeah. against a yeah. person. The, we talked about this earlier, too. Jesus was not imagining you're home alone at night and someone breaks no. into your home. The situations Jesus is promoting is there really is nothing le- You know, we have self-defense laws and standards. He's in a situation where there is nothing legally... Uh, a this Jewish person, citizen could do to that no, Roman. Any That's right. act they of had, violence in return, they, that person would be they killed had to anyway. Suck it up and take it. Yes, and mm-hmm. so he's what he says is turn the other cheek. And I've heard many people say this. Then I turn my other cheek and say, if you're going to use violence against me, treat me like I'm a person. Treat right. me like don't backhand me across the face. It isn't passive in the sense of what you're talking right. about. Of just will continue to beat me. It's not a please, sir. Can I have another? That's mm-hmm. right. It's a. I'm a person, this mm. is not how you... Which is the same as when Jesus says if they give you their pack, they could legally make you carry it a mile, and he says go the extra mile. And I think Jesus is trying to be funny of saying, imagine the Roman soldier knowing legally I can't make you go, no, no, I'll take it another mile. Now the Roman soldier's chasing you going, yes. no, no, give it back, give me back That's my right. pack. Yeah, exactly. And it's saying of you're taking power back That's in right. a You're situation. taking power back and saying, no, I'm doing this because I want to do it. Right. Yeah. I think in every situation what Jesus is trying to do, he's trying to elevate personhood. Yeah, right. so that's exactly that's right. right. Because we know personhood is the image of God, and so everything Jesus does is lifting that. And Absolutely. to keep what is in us, that the whole thing is always trying to keep me from reacting in a situation to going to what would God have me do in this situation. Yes. And all of us know when somebody hits me or insults me, or there aren't any of us, even if you're a passive person and you generally take it quietly, inside of you there is a thing that goes... Yes. Yeah. And Jesus is trying to say, hey, why don't you turn that and be because then he gets to the point because when you love your enemies and pray for your enemies, you become like your father in heaven. That's yes. what right. he says. And That's then right. you become your, like your father in heaven who causes a rain to fall on the just and the unjust. God just mm-hmm. loves everybody. As I always say to people, and you, you say, I hear you say this a lot of God, no matter what you think about God, God can't stop thinking about you. Mm-hmm. And God is for people who will never be for him. That's the way right. I think of it. Yeah. People that are never for God, God is for them until the moment that they won't allow him to be for them anymore. Mm-hmm. So okay, I think we're done with that question. So you can be back in control now. I was trying to do your Not part. like I'm wanting to be in control. <laughs> so you guys have done that question. Did you do the one before? We did. We've done both. Oh, so We've you've done both, both of them. We've done both well, of those. Well, there you go. So, so we're okay. down to... The next thing. Okay. So the next thing is we're, we're going to discuss uh, Sunday. It's a, the sermon from Sunday. So, um, Ed, uh, just a quick recap in case you didn't see it, hear it. Uh, Ed uh, told us a story of Naaman uh, who was cured of his leprosy and basically a guy who God told to do something that he didn't want to do. It didn't make sense. And we use that as an example of, of how we often feel uh, when God comes to us and he tells us to do something or prompts us to do something and then we it's something we either don't want to do or we're just unsure of the relevance of it. We don't get it, and God is not in the business of telling people why to do things. Uh, and I just that whole thing. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun to just have a discussion of let's talk about some examples of times in your life when God told you to do something you didn't get it, you didn't understand mm-hmm. it, or maybe you just didn't want to do it. And uh, if you if there was a resolution to that, maybe that would be fun to hear that as well. Uh, sometimes there's not. So I'll give you one that's really recent for me, as in last week. This is a last week example. Uh, I was in a particular meeting, and something happened in the meeting that I just thought was totally off chart. I mean, it was totally off chart. And 
uh, offensive to me and to other people on the meeting. And a part of my personality is, uh, for lack, I, I want to stand up and call out injustice. There's mm -hmm. just something deep inside of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the moment, what I wanted to do, I mean, and so this even goes back to our thing of the voice of God, the voice of the devil. Mm. So in the moment, that thing rises up and goes, say something. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, everything in me knew what I should say. It came to me really quick. I would put the person where they needed to be. I'd make a point. Everybody, I think almost everybody in the room would have agreed with me. Yeah. And then in the moment, I got a voice that said, you need to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And it didn't make sense to me because it was like the person was going to go unanswered. Mm -hmm. This injustice was going to stand but I have heard the tone of that voice enough times now to know it really was the Lord. And in, I mean, all of this has taken place over the course of a minute or two, yeah, two yeah. five minutes at the most. And finally I decided, okay, all right, I'm just going to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And I kept quiet as soon as the meeting was over. I began to talk to the Lord about it. I talked to him about it. And I talked to some people in my life that I trusted about what had happened, what I thought I wanted to do. And then uh, I continue to pray about it. And over the course of the whole time, the voice of the, again, not an audible voice, mm -hmm. the sense was reach out to this person privately, mm -hmm. uh, tell them you didn't really get what they were trying to go for and that you disagreed with it and ask them to explain it to you privately. And so that's what I did. I sent an email, explained the whole thing, asked them to meet with me privately. And how it worked out was two days later, I was convinced the whole time the person was going to come. I was going to have to still set them straight, <laughs> uh, the whole thing. And what happened was as I gave them that opportunity, they responded. It took them about 12 hours to respond to my email. I don't know why. I assumed they weren't going to respond. You know how you think the worst. Oh, they're offended mm -hmm. by my email. Yeah. I don't know. That may not have anything. Maybe they just didn't check their email. Uh, but responded. Came, sat down, and talked to me. Everything could not have gone better. Best spirit found out that this person as well wasn't as happy with the way they phrased what they said. Mm. They weren't trying to make it sound. They knew they had been off track. Mm. Uh, they wished it had all come across differently. Thanked me for doing it privately. Cool. And in the moment, I knew... Uh, and in the moment, I mean, honestly, in the moment, I could sense God going, you did a good thing. Good for you. Good for mm -hmm. you for listening through. And in the moment, again, I knew God cares about me not making a fool out of myself by standing up and saying what I need to mm -hmm. say. Yeah. And he cared about this other child of his who mm -hmm. I was going to blast. And they would have taken it on because they felt they were wrong too. Yeah. But, but it, sometimes when you have those conversations in a public kind of way, and in a moment before people have time to respond rather than they react. They react. And then you you wind up, and I've done this, you wind up defending your position even when you know you were wrong. Yes. Just because of the moment oh, that it sure. hits you yeah. or the people that are around and you don't want to, there's that thing and you don't want to look bad in front of mm -hmm. others. And that's that's why I think that's why I think it was from God. To I do it in too. private. I do too. And I said to the person at the time, I'm so thankful this happened when I was 60 and not 30. Yeah. Because I would have done the other mm -hmm. thing. I was not experienced in listening to the voice of God, and I felt like the voice of God and the voice of Ed were almost the same. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever, because I'm a gut person, whatever I really heard on the inside of me, 
it just felt so overpowering to me. It has to be what God wants. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I would have just messed it up. And I said to them at the end, I'm thankful for how they responded. I'm thankful that God prompted me to do it. And I came out of it. I think I have, I have uh, met a genuine friend, <laughs> a person that I think long-term, this person and I will be friends out of something that and will probably work toward the good that we were in the meeting for originally, which isn't going to be easy. And I could have blown the whole thing up, but God cared for it enough to ask mm-hmm. me to do something that didn't in the moment make any sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my latest example. Yeah. I feel the uh, voice of God, or maybe it's the voice of producer Joel saying, you need to silence your phone. <laughs> I wouldn't have heard uh, Jason earlier if I had silenced guys, All right, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. It. I know, there are a lot of other Jasons. I don't know, now. you're getting about three notifications I every know. 10 seconds. I, so I also heard that. <laughs> All right, uh, Jason, did you have uh, an answer to the uh, question? There, it was hard for me to put a specific one, but just like Ed, almost all of mine, if I were to go through them all, have almost always have to do with people, mm. um, because uh, this is who I am. I, my nature is to is to be more quiet in, mm. in in situations like that, and to not say stuff that I probably should say. And um, every time. God prompts me to speak up or to say something to a person, especially when it's a confrontation. It always strikes me as, no, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the way it always, because that's just naturally, that's my natural tendency is that's the way it always hits me is you don't want to do that. That's not going to go well. And you're better off just letting that be. And in the times when I have pushed past that feeling and go, no, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. It, it typically goes like what you were Isn't talking about. Isn't it interesting for you and I both? And I think back to the story of Naaman. When Naaman is furious, he said, I expect it. Yeah. And he, all he's doing is the same thing you and I did of, I knew that the right thing to do was to speak up. And you're like, I know the right thing is to not say this thing. Mm-hmm. And God has this way of going, you know, what you expect, what you think is, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, Work the way you mm-hmm. often work. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want yep. you to do something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, um, they happen more and more these days. I think um, everything from, there have been certainly things, like you said, with people, things that I felt like God wanted me to say to people. Uh, I had something just just yesterday where there, there's someone I'm in a group with, and I just told them, I said, hey, you've brought this thing up before. I really think you need to do this. And they said, Oh man, you know, I just, you're right. Cause God's been saying the same thing. I just needed to hear someone else say it. And so I was like, Oh, well that, you know, that's just another great example of just kind of responsive in that. But I think also just in my personal life, um, with, yeah, I have four daughters, three of which are, are right now foster children. And I think everything about the way that I parented our first child that I think has worked pretty well for her and it was very helpful for her everything has been almost the reverse in the way that I have had to parent my other three children. And I'm thankful for the fact that we had wise people in our lives who were able to kind of correct us that I was humble enough, which I probably would not have been, like you said, just being younger, I would to to hear it and to reverse it. Whereas, you know, really my philosophy, which I'm not saying is the wrong, I think it's the right one in most cases was always have lots and lots of kind of control when they're very young and try and set very kind of lots of control. And so that's kind of how I approach the situation with, with my other daughters. But because of the life situation, they came out 
came out of, that was actually har- not harmful necessarily, but but pushed them further into uh, behaviors that over time would not be healthy for them. And so every time I would lean into my natural tendency of, well, I need to power up here and I need to show I'm dad and you'll do what I say with my my first daughter, that would have been, okay, it's dad, I'll go do what I need to do now and all that kind of stuff. With With my other children, I had to become very, and I could keep, and I kept hearing it, and luckily my wife would say stuff and other people would say stuff, and I go, yeah, I guess that is God of saying, you need to power down, you need to do lots of hugging, <laughs> you know, lots of hugging and lots of, and all that kind of stuff that was not, na- it's just not natural to me, it's still not natural to me, but in that moment, listening to God say, hey, what, what your children need right now is different and you have to do different kinds of things. And, um, having, I mean, frequent conversations almost nightly with God of saying, I don't see how this is going to work. It doesn't seem like it's going to work. And then just occasionally doing it the way that I really feel God's calling me to do. And then it just, mm-hmm. it flips it. And I just, well, and I just say this about all three of our accounts, the name and account, and I could give you more. It, it really is a pretty normal part, but I think the reason it almost always is against what, and it's not one pattern, it's against whatever my natural thing is. Mm-hmm. is yeah. God is trying to get me to trust him, not me. Yep. Right. Yep. He, we all have this natural thing. I have it in spades of I trust me. <laughs> it's it's what the scriptures call the flesh. Yeah. And that's what that's I'm right. used to. Yes. It, 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 other translations call it the sinful nature. But that's mm-hmm. what I'm used to and that's what I'm comfortable with yes. is leaning into that because I I generally think I know how that's gonna go. And mm-hmm. that's what I like. Well you there know? there are patterns we all learn, um, and this will be your Enneagram mention for the week too, in in all of that, based on our personalities, as you said, there are coping mechanisms I have learned to make it my way through the world. And even in kind of hearing hearing the, the conversations we were having here of, of powering up and trying to get control yep. and you will hear my voice, you will hear what I need to say, or on the other side, like I don't necessarily want to say it until I kind of got it exactly right and exactly kind of I know the right approach in my mind or in my situation. For me, it's often the status of being dad. I'm dad, so you'll mm. respect that I'm dad. All of that, those have been the ways we've made it through the world. And yep. we've been able, to me, that's all the success I have come from has been that approach. Yep. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that's more of, the flesh part of things. Is. This is my natural response. And when I can lean into God's pulling me out of that. And whenever you look on any kind of Enneagram stuff or any of that stuff, all your steps are jump out of that space, right. out of that coping mechanism. Cause it's, you're not actually experiencing the trust of God, the love of God until you say, and well, and this kind of goes to the point you made maybe two, two or three weeks ago of, you know, our, our greatest weakness is God's greatest opportunity. Right. It's yeah. not until I get into my weakness yeah. that I have to trust God and I have to feel that that level well, that, of love. That's just a great way. You know, Nathan, I had not even thought about it, but how that ties this whole faith thing together is we see that so clearly in sickness or death or something physical. God can take that and use it. But the truth is it's in every area of our life, and mm-hmm. we just don't like it. Yeah. If, if God is asking me if I'm a fearful person to trust him and be step out a little bolder. If I'm actually a bolder person, God's saying, whoa, 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 back Mm -hmm. up a Mm -hmm. a second. And and trust me, the world will be okay without you trying to run Mm -hmm. it for the next few minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, and it is about... Because it's about trusting. 
And it is about being responsive to the voice of God because it's now not, you then can't step into situations and say, I should never power up. And no, I, like you no. said, I should never be quiet and, and kind of try to see all sides of this or whatever it is. Because be- we have those gifts for a reason. Yes, mm-hmm. it's that I need to be responsive to the voice of God at every moment. And so God is speaking, and it may be that God is equally speaking to everybody, don't talk now talk up now mm-hmm. and you just hear the talk up more than he hears the talk up he hears the be quiet more than you hear the be quiet and you know obviously same difference of power down all that kind of stuff on, on my end i think it's just i'm more naturally responsive when it's something i want to do oh yeah absolutely when when god says go do the thing you're really good at i go no problem no you didn't one even have ever, to tell me you don't ever have to tempt me to eat ice cream right <laughs> yeah i am geared to do it <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> I'm on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ed, you get into something that I wanted to talk about next, and it was that that final statement that you made that I've heard you say before, and I and I and I love it. It's that when my uh, when my when God's faithfulness meets my meets faith. my faith, mm-hmm. and I know that every every great God story I've ever heard or even told in my life, that's what it is. It yes, is. every single time, and and it it baffles me that. Those are the things that we we love and the things that we that's when we absolutely know I have experienced God, mm-hmm. that God is real, He's active in my life, and yet we're so freaking scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like we say, That was the greatest thing ever. I don't ever want to do that. I don't want to do that again. That was enough. Yeah. My, my kids have said that to me. They get off a big ride and that that was the greatest. Let's do it again. No, that's okay. <laughs> well, I thought it was the greatest. Yeah, I feel like that when I experience God because I've had that, those experiences, yeah. you know. Well, and isn't that the the thing too? And maybe this is me reading my own mail, not anybody else's. But you know, when we have questions of is this the voice of God or is it the voice of Satan? Most times, when I talk to other people, and certainly when I'm trying to figure out, my question is not, "I think this is Satan," and I'm trying to make sure I think it's God. Most often, it's when I think it is God, and I'm trying to convince myself it's not God. Mm-hmm. Like God's he calling does. me to do something I don't want to do, and I'm going, "But it's probably not God." I'm probably just. But so uh, the the experience I have when you talk about faithfulness meets, you know, uh, our faith. Um, when when probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was starting kind of leading a group of we want to be out in our community and meeting people and praying for people and with the goal of trying to share Jesus with people. And what and my we the phrase we used at the time, which we can't use anymore because no one can go to places anymore, is we would adopt a place that uh, someone someone in our group had a local Starbucks and they went to that local Starbucks three times a week and stayed for an hour just to pray for the people who were there and bizarrely enough, this is probably another conversation, They would people would walk up to their table and just start talking to them. The mm. people they were praying for would just find a way to start a conversation. It's bizarre. So mine was, I, I go to a gym, and I said, I'm going to start going. They had, at that point, a basketball court. I was like, well, I like going and just shooting basketball. I'm going to go. They do pickup games on the weekend. I'm going to go play basketball. Now, I'm not good at basketball. I haven't <laughs> played in years and years, and even at this time, I, you know, I was I, I, I was very much not in shape. And so I decided this Saturday, and I'd already told a bunch of people, I'm going this Saturday. I'm going this Saturday. And uh, I... I'm terrified while I'm saying, I'm just going, this is going to be horrible. I'm going to go, these guys, I'm not, and I'm going through this all in my head. They're not even going to, they're, I'm going to make a bad impression because of how bad I am. They're going to be mad that I played the game. That's going to be a bad witness for Jesus. Yeah. I shouldn't go. I should have all these things. And then it was very clearly to me, still one of those random times, voice of God coming in my head saying, 
if I'm asking you to do it, it's for your good. Yep. And when I had that thought, I thought, well, that that's 100. And I think that's true. That has changed my entire outlook on evangelism. My whole life, I've known I'm supposed to meet people and share Jesus with them. I have been terrified to do it, so I didn't do it, and I felt guilty that I don't do it. That's been my entire life around sharing that's Jesus. That's probably most people's experience. I, think, I so. think so. I yeah. think so. And then when it became clear to me, take the fear aspect out, because if Jesus is asking me to do it, it isn't scary. It really is the analogy maybe use of like the roller coaster up. Mm-hmm. And we've all had this. You're, my, my daughter's up. She loves climbing trees, but she hates getting out of the tree. And she's in the tree. I said, just jump to my arms. And and we all know, because we're adults, she's, I mean, she's maybe half a foot from me. But to her, it feels like she's at the top of the tree. I can't jump. You won't catch me. And I'm going, even if you fell on me, you'd be okay. Like, we're going to be fine. That's how I think everything is. And so at that moment, I go to the gym. I play. I'm terrible. I don't even meet any guys there, and I'm walking away going, this is this is just absolutely horrible. And then I'm in the locker room, and there's a guy in the locker room that I've seen a bunch of times, and he starts up a conversation with me. And from that point, now right now, I haven't seen him in a long time because of everything with COVID, but from that point for about a year, we had conversations every time I went to the gym. There was not a time I didn't go to the gym that he wasn't at that, and me and him became friends and have shared a, a fair amount of our life with one another. And it's one of those examples of, Ever since then, when I got clear in my head, now, like you said on Sunday, there are then other things that I can't make that connection on right away. Yep. But when I can get in my head, if God's asking me to do it, and I know he is, then it's not scary. This is actually probably going to be enjoyable for me. (laughs) Then I'm going to get to the other side of this and go, man, I can't believe I almost didn't do that. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Ed, you talked about the story of the start of this church and I Mm. thought to my and I almost and maybe we'll do this on a future podcast I thought wouldn't it be cool to just walk through that a little slower sometime and just talk through it because I'm telling you if we did that it would be just one after another of those stories Mm -hmm. you know and just from the time that I got here which was probably what about five or six years in seven 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 years years in and and from the moment I got here I started seeing them seeing those kinds of stories Mm -hmm. I know you've got even more of those it just seems like if if we go through the history of this place it's been a series of God's stories like that meeting our faith oh yeah faithfulness all all along the way and many times of uh not wanting to do things that once we did them we go oh Mm -hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. even during COVID, there are mm. things that yeah. we have sort of been, we were, we knew there's a bunch of things we are currently doing that we on staff have known we should have been doing yeah. right. for some time. And we kept giving reasons why we couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden COVID and we got it done, baby. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got and all of the excuses of why it hadn't. We didn't even mention those. No. We just went and did it because it had to take place, and things are what we hoped they would be. They're better. Sure. A lot of things I mean, are just better. a lot of a lot of things are better yeah. than they are. I mean, we don't even want some things to go back because they're better. True. They're just better. And I think God was trying to tell us two years ago, hey, go do this. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying God caused COVID, so don't take that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm getting but at. But he uses it. But eventually, yeah. he puts us in a situation. He goes, okay, here we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. That's, that's, that's enough of that. That is enough of that. All right. 
So this week, uh, you're, you're in the next part. We have two more weeks, and then the whole faith thing, which I know to some of you seems like we've been in forever, mm-hmm. it's done. Two more weeks, two and more. then we're done. Two more. Yeah, it's funny. about uh, My wife asked me last night, she said, so what are you preaching on Sunday? And I said, I'm preaching on Judas. Ah. She said, I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on Judas. And I said, yeah, you have. Because <laughs> you preached it before. It. Well, and she said it was the best sermon I've ever heard. No, actually, she said, part I don't for, remember. <laughs> the unfortunate part for all of our families is eventually they have heard everything They've that we're heard. ever oh, going to yes, say. Yes. And some it is sort of, it's not flattering, but eventually they'll hear it and they'll go, oh, that was really good. And I want to go, well, it wasn't the first time. No. I, I said it before. <laughs> I, mean, we, I said it to you. <laughs> That's okay. It that's is right. okay. That's right. It just confirms that ain't nobody that's going to be here or tune in online is going to know that I said that before <laughs> either. But right. it's good. It's going to be good stuff. Some but of y'all tell Jason if you. I remember that Jason. No, yes, they'd be lying because I barely remember it. I'm the one that talked to. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm. I'm. I'm putting the finish. Yes, the way that actually happened is I went to Jason and said, hey, Jason, a few years ago, I remember this thing you did. And he goes, what? <laughs> I did. I said, what? <laughs> I said, what are you what? talking about? I said, no, I remember this particular part. And I remember this one that he goes, I, I don't think so. I said, search. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. it happened. It happened. And I pulled out the script, and I went, oh, I did do that, didn't I? <laughs> this is good. All right, good. We're gonna be That'll right. be a good sermon to re- I said, we, just need to, we need to get that back in this shape. That yes. fits what we're talking about. They need to hear this. Yeah. So yeah. the bones are the same. I'm just <laughs> yeah, fitting it into right. what this exactly. is. So it'll be fun. So, all right. So, Nathan, do you have something to end us with today? I do. I do. Okay. I, I wanted us to have uh, one. We actually had this up top, so we'll, 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 we'll real briefly let you kind of go through your vacation. Anything great about oh, your vacation? Oh, any, okay. any best part of your vacation? Wow. We were going to do something else, but we're going to end on your vacation. Oh, wow. Because that's how we were going to start. Really bore the By people By the way, today. we're one person away. One again. now? It was one two way. when I came yeah. in. Melanie Sewell became nine ninety nine. Oh, oh, she's our hero. <laughs> yeah. so we just need the 1000 Somebody might right now have done it, and we just don't know. I could look that up no, while I'm talking no. about it. You go ahead and tell us about your vacation. <laughs> uh, is that a picture of your vacation? It actually is. That That's me and my wife. Beautiful beach. I don't think y'all can see this, maybe. That's, uh, you that's can't it. see that. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. It's a very pretty picture. But, yeah. So uh, this was the first vacation. We went to the beach, but this was the first vacation that we allowed our our kids to bring friends okay oh, and i'd always heard people that did that and i was like oh that you know how's that gonna work you know and so we we told our two teenage daughters we said bring a friend with you and it could not have gone better oh, oh good. Cool. it was amazing and you know you spend a little bit more money but it was great the kids had a great time my wife and i had a great time because we got to yeah, be yeah, they by were ourselves every now and then. So it gave them something to do. They were with their friends, and we did think we always came together at night and had dinner together. But then, yeah, they could go down the beach or the pool and just hang out, and it was it was a it was just a great. You know, they tell you that it. We did seven days. We normally don't do that long for a vacation, but we drove a good ways, and we said, well, it's worth it to stay seven days. And you know, they always tell you it takes you at least three days to just completely unplug from mm-hmm. your world, and that it's true. And so about half, we got about halfway through it, and I was like, oh, we still got three three or four more days to go. This is great, you know, because it finally felt like we had settled into it. So, you know, got a little sun. It was super hot, but it was great. So. Very cool. And just for all of you wondering, Jason shut down Florida because when he came back, they <laughs> they begun they to did. shut nope. down. So for all of you who had plans to go to Panama City right. and all those beaches and everything, 
thank Jason that they're yeah, closed. That's right. I he, think wasn't the night- in, he wasn't at Panama City, <laughs> no, but he I wasn't. closed I was the whole way. Thing. I was down in South Far, but <laughs> it was funny when we went out one night for dinner and everything's open. You know, everybody's, you know, all the places are, are just a lot of people. And then we come back, and the next day I get up and I see a headline Florida shutting down there. Yeah. I went, oh, well, that was the final night there right there. So all of those that rented Fourth of July, I'm sorry, I didn't have anything to do with it, but it is done. I saw yeah. that today. So. All right, real briefly, this is what I wanted to have the conversation with about today. Uh, Y'all go real quick on this. Okay. Yeah, because I got to go. In just big a Braves fans, both of you. Oh, oh, oh yeah. baby, I baseball's can't wait. coming back, but it's yeah. not going to look like it ever ever looked like before. Yes. What do you what are you what are you most looking forward to, and then what are you uh, what are you least excited most about? Most looking for. So for me, because and this why I love baseball so much is baseball, unlike any other sport, is daily. Mm-hmm. I love every day. I love daily. I love having something that I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. every day or every, I mean, it's rarely not every day. Mm-hmm. And this will be that it's going to be 60 games in 66 days. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that part will be fun. Mm-hmm. There's other stuff. If they play it, I'm still not convinced. Really? Mm. Well, just because of I what's think, happening right now. I mean, that's the other, every team I know of, we're in the midst of their players are going yeah, they're I'm not going to play yeah, this year at all. That's right. I mean, there are a bunch of them just going, yeah, I know I could make $15 million or their prorated version of that, but you know what? I made $15 million last year. I'm just going to stay at home because this is too big a risk. Mm-hmm. And I'm my wife's having a baby, and I want to be here for the baby, or I've got an aged parent that Can't I'm living with, them. and I yeah. just, I'm going to stay at home. So mm-hmm. I, there's almost every team, Braves haven't had one yet, have had not somebody yet. begin to check out yeah, and say, I'm not coming. Yeah. I just wonder at one point, and then – how many of them on a team have to get COVID symptoms before they go, we don't have enough people to play? Yes. Yeah. I, I think somebody's going to have that happen. I, and they're, then, or they're at least going to have enough positive tests, whether they're symptomatic or yeah. not, to just – they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble. And then once yeah. one team does it, I just – I'm not convinced yeah. with the rise of cases that it's going to actually happen or we're not yeah. going to get much. But even the hope <laughs> of it is fun. I'm thinking by the end of the week I'll see somebody throwing balls and hitting them. And Yes. <laughs> I would, I'm – I'm it. I'm interested in seeing how the DH is going to work yeah. across all teams. I'm kind of excited about that. Me too. I am not excited about that stupid extra inning rule. No, me either. I don't like that at all. No. You know? I think this is the year to experiment. If it is. Experiment. It is fine. I wish they had actually experimented with robo-umpires. Well, yeah. Because I, minus- in general, I complain about their strike zones more than anything I yep. do. when I, and I, yep. I just believe I watch yep. tennis enough to know – they got tennis balls coming 130 miles an hour, and they know mm-hmm. exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. We could know where baseball we is could. at 90-something miles an hour. Yep. But uh, – Then nobody's going to come out and scream and yell and argue, which I love that part I of I love game. that too, but that almost That's shut down with the replay anyway. Almost. Yeah. I don't know. Bobby might not have ever gotten thrown out of a game. <laughs> <laughs> if they'd had replay back ruined his career. Exactly. Right. So – yeah, well, very I, cool. I can I can hardly wait. I, I I woke up this morning. First thing I said to my wife is like, "Players report tomorrow." <laughs> there you and go. She was like, "Yeah, I know." I'm really excited about that. But I'll also say to you, even if that doesn't get, if that doesn't make it all the way, I'm I'm excited about the NBA. I like basketball. Dude, not there's near like as, 13 games a day. Not, I don't know if you're not here as much, but I think they have a higher chance of staying because they're bubbling everybody yeah, they in are. one place. That's right. And the, it's not as many guys. The danger though. of it is if one guy gets it in the bubble, <laughs> they're probably Everybody's shutting down. It. They're yeah. probably shutting down too. But any real sport that I don't know the outcome of that I could watch. Yeah. Yes. And I know there are other things happening. I'm not watching those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's on now ain't real. Yeah, I, I know some of you like it. I ain't, I'm not watching people play 
lacrosse, you know, cornhole, land yes. hockey is not interesting <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, good deal. All right. That's well, it. Thanks for letting me come in late. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Oh, I had, no, I had muy good. important things we today. Yes, you did. We waited. So. You said 2.30. We waited, and then we said, oh, okay, we've got to go. Yeah, we so I apologize. I will, I will not do that next week. That happens. It's all, we all right. good. Our team is back. We are we back. Feel, exactly. We feel safe and secure. Jason's back at the wheel. Things <laughs> aren't going out of control. And, and, and I will say, last week, I was watching. I watched. Oh, I watched okay. last week okay. while I was in Florida. And uh, as you guys were bringing on all the guests, the first thought of coming in my head, I said, mm, took them three guys to uh, replace me. And then you said it. I said, that's what Jason's going to think. That was exactly what I thought. <laughs> three, three people to replace Thanks Jason. Thanks for knowing so. me so well. I know, I know. All right. See all you right. next week, guys. Bye, y'all. See ya. <laughs>